guys. Welcome to Safe Continuing Podcast. This Doing is this again? No, we shouldn't. No, he started it, so go on. What's up, guys? The Safe Continuing Podcast. What's up, guys? The Safe Continuing Podcast. I've had a very long day. Two glasses of wine. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Safe and Junior Podcast, where every week we talk about video games and uh, video game related topics. Mm. Uh, I'm Shanae Howard. Yes, you are. I am. <laughs> this is Tommy. Hello. Skiopi. Happy Father's Day. Shiopi. Uh, this is Ryan Robinson. Hi. Father's dead. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, happy Father's Day to all. Mm-hmm. Uh, every week we get together. Oh, I already went over that. That's you what did. We do. You say it again if you want. I don't. I don't want to. Why are you letting me do this? No See, one. The more it. you do it, the better you get it. Yeah, you've only like if you think about it over the time that we've done this show, you've only done it a handful of times. True that. I oh. it's it's because I'm I do a poor job, but I'm but you're right. I need to do it more. Get better at it. Yeah. Thank you for supporting me. Mm. Yeah. Man. Man. You're a great father. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the best. I'd say so. Uh, do we? You're actually so, the best that I know. Uh, what have you all been up to this week? Ryan, we'll start with you. Uh, I feel like uh, what I've been up to... Ryan, talk a little louder. Protect. Uh, 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 <clears throat> I feel like what I've been up to is probably much the same as what Tom's been up to this week. Uh, playing a lot of Onrush. You know what that is? Onrush, Shanae, is a game... You watched with us be announced at Paris Games Week about seven, eight months ago? Mm. Yeah. I have the memory of a goldfish. Do you remember when we talked about Sony closing down Evolution Studio? Yes. Codemasters picked them up. Okay. This is that studio's first game. They're now, okay. they're now called Evo, but it is Evolution, and it's fantastic. Give us a breakdown, Tom. Uh, so Codemasters makes a bunch of racing games, as did Evolution Studios. They made Motorstorm, they made Drive Club, they made the weird PS2 racing games, I can't remember what they're called. Uh, anyhow, Onrush is not really a racing game. There's cars, you are driving fast the whole time, uh, but there's no finish line, there's no places or anything like that. It is very similar... Is it objective-based? Yeah, it's objective-based, points-based, okay. team-based, mm -hmm. class-based. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, it and is all, actually... All, all in uh, one mode or different modes? There are four different modes. It okay. takes a lot of inspiration. Uh, the developers talked about this. Actually, there's a, doc a documentary on them, on this game specifically, uh, through Digital Foundry. And they talk about directly taking inspiration from Overwatch. Uh, and you totally see that in the game. So... I'm okay with that. And other first-person shooters. So, like, the main mode is called Overdrive, and it's teams of six. So there's a blue team and an orange team. And you are trying to fill a meter. The first team to fill that meter wins, right? The way you fill the meter is by boosting your car. The way you gain boost is by destroying other vehicles, taking jumps, uh, near misses, things of that nature. So that's, like, the main mode. Okay. Then there's a I mode... I like that you can uh, fill up meter by doing different things. Yeah. So if you're not good at something, you can And there's focus. a mode that's basically king of the hill. 
Okay. Uh, where there's well, a well with cars. <laughs> well, there's a zone that travels down the track with you, and uh, you want to get as many of your color in that zone for a period of time to capture that point. Okay. While keeping the other cars out of that zone. There's a mode that is basically the gun game from games like Counter-Strike or Call of Duty where you start as a motorcycle, you get taken out, you come back as a car, you get taken out, you come back as a larger vehicle and a larger vehicle. Uh, what's the last mode? Uh, the, the the time the time one. Yeah, so this one's probably the most similar like the most like a racing game is there's there's gates. you have a timer, each team has a timer that's counting down. And you have to pass through these, these uh, gates to add more time to your clock. Yeah, and so the yeah. more people who have passed through the, the gate, the less seconds you get from passing through the gate. So it benefits you to be the first through the gate, or at least one of the first. Um, but the cool thing about it is, like Tom said, that there are uh, different classes. Like, uh, like each car like, has a different specialty that it can, that it can fulfill. Um, and like, for example, the bikes, they're probably better suited for like the, the time gates mode cause they're, they're the most nimble. And so they can probably speed ahead of the pack faster and like get through the gates faster and do more in short order. Um, Tire turns. yeah, stuff like that. But there, uh, but there are also other vehicles that, uh, that serve other purposes. Like there's one car that when they're, when that car is around the uh, other vehicles on its team is refilling their boost meter. Uh, yeah. Another car that like when it's around other oh. there's support right like shield. Yeah, there's one that shields That's other. That's super neat. I like that it's like almost like a shooter but with car. Yeah, I like but, that. But like it doesn't stop there, right? Like, so it's class based. What, what was what is this called again? Onrush. Onrush. So it's class based. You have what's called your rush, which is just like your ultimate in Overwatch. It, it's like it, it functions exactly the same. And way. it's it up the different same for each class, yeah. just like in Overwatch. Yeah. Uh, in between deaths, you can select a different class, just like in Overwatch. Nice. When the match is over, you get a what is essentially a loot box, uh, which you can open for only cosmetic items, just like Overwatch. Like it's. There's a leveling progression that af does absolutely nothing, just like Overwatch. Yeah. Like, yeah. How the, much is this game? Uh, $60. Sixty dollars. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the parallels between it and Overwatch are actually like. Would you say very worth the sixty dollars? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. by the way, ranked out today. Yeah. So. Um, I haven't played it yet, but when I got on, that's the daily. Just play X amount of ranked matches. So uh, Tom and I have, have like Tom and I are the only people that we know that own the game. So we've only been playing. Like, the only multiplayer that I've been really playing is with him. Uh, uh, well, like on like with pe like with teams and everything is with him. Uh, I could, see, but I could also like we're like we're definitely wanting other people to join in because I could definitely see where the communication would pay off and like where like team composition is a big like in Overwatch again, team composition is a very big deal. Like it doesn't, it doesn't help any, it doesn't help the team for everybody to be like for everybody to be on bikes, for example, um, and it doesn't help the team for everybody to be like the same support car or anything like that. Um, you know about this game, Shanae. Like over the past month or two, I've mentioned this and Blade Strangers as two games I'm very excited about that no one's gonna play. Like I don't think that that on rush will have legs. I would have, have to like listen to you speak yeah. and actually pay attention to sure. it to remember it. Sure. Like I hope, I hope it sticks around, but like I don't think it will. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, because the game's only been out what a, like two weeks. 
probably less than that. Less than that. Like, and like for right now, the game is new and people are playing it, so it, like, getting into a match is really quick. But yeah, I imagine you know unless in less, like six months' time, it might be different. Well, I guess you know, and that also I feel like that depends on like the 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 frequency at which they add to this game. Well, and here's the thing, right? Like reviews have been mostly favorable for this game. Um. But like a lot of the bigger sites aren't doing video reviews for it, just written reviews. So like IGN doesn't have a video review for it, neither does GameSpot, right? So that doesn't help it. What about the Game Trust? <laughs> That's GameStop. They put stuff on their website. Yeah, but they're also a publisher, so. Yeah. Eh, um, so like there are like I think Kotaku has a video review for it, but like the main the big sites don't have video reviews for it. So that doesn't help it and Advertising, as far as I know, the launch trailer, I believe, is still the only trailer for that game. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a shame, though, because I think that this game is doing... Uh, I think it's doing some very interesting things with the... With the with the driving game genre, and it's not, you know, it's not, again, it's not a racing game, it's probably more close, closer to, like, a car combat game. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, base PS4, 60 frames. Yeah. Uh, base Xbox One Thirty, but yeah, um, it's a fantastic. It's a fantastic looking game. It it plays great. Um, the sense of speed in that game is just, I think, is really like really really adds a lot to it. Um, and it's cool. Like one of the things I love about it is like every time Tom, like Tom and I are playing together, and you know every time like one of us does something, like it's exciting. Mm -hmm. Like every time one of us gets like gets a takedown on someone else, it's, it's like it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, because you, like each, a lot of the stuff that you, a lot of the cooler stuff in the game, like you have to work for it. You know, like the take, like the takedowns don't come like easily. You know, like you kind of have to set yourself up just right to pull one of those off. Um, especially uh, like if you get a takedown that results from you like landing on someone else, it's like that's a huge thing too. Um, but the game, I think, is it's, you know, I I really hope that you know more people like latch onto it. I hope that they're able to retain people like through you know additional content, uh, things like that. Uh, but as it is, you know, no pun intended. Like out of the gate, it's like it's great. Um, yeah, if the game is nothing else but this, I'm happy with it. Yeah, um, you know, and like people are getting good at this game. Like I had one they... pretty bad bug. What's I was in the fourth round of a tournament and the game crashed. Aww. Yikes. Yeah. I oh I figured out what uh, uh, trick callouts are. What's that? So a callout is basically anything that happens where like it'll say like where it says you did the thing. Got it. Like that's a callout. Okay. So as long as you got a you did a trick and it registers in the. So thing. basically any trick. Right. Yeah. So it like all you had so when it was saying you do to get ten calls it was saying do, do ten a trick. tricks. Yeah. Uh, which. The they, single player is really fun too, by the way. Um, it's the same events, only with, uh, AI-controlled vehicles, obviously. But, like, there is a lot there, and there are, like, little objectives for each one. Like, not only is it win the event, but also, like, get ten crush takedowns. Yeah. Or, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, do X amount of tricks, whatever it might be. And, uh, some of them get pretty hard later in the campaign. Yeah. Um... That vomit, that comet vomit thing, or vomit comet, whatever it is, that trophy, that's four barrel rolls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Very hard. Yeah, this is um, this is probably the most like I've 
like outside of an actual first-person shooter, because I think that when it comes to online multiplayer games, like the games that I play the most are probably uh, first-person shooters, and you know, outside of outside of one of those, like that's probably the most I've played online. Like, I typically, you know, with a lot of games, I will play the single-player mode to, like probably at least close to completion before I jump into the online. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I wanted, you know, with a mindset, I think part of it was like I had the kind of had the mindset like, I don't know how long the online community for this game is going to exist. Yeah. So I kind of just wanted to jump into it right away. And uh, I've been playing Third Strike yeah. online. How has that been? It's great. I'm more familiar with that game now than I've ever been before. It's kind of been the my gaping hole in Street Fighter history. Yeah. Like, I've played the game before, but never to this extent. It's fantastic. Yeah. Really good game. Uh, are you still maining kid? Uh, I'm kind of bouncing around. Kind yeah. of bouncing around. But, you know, I mean, I'm still getting used to it. But, like, it's so fun because, like, it's the arcade games, right? Like, it's the arcade versions of these games. So that means you get everything good that comes with that and everything bad that comes with it. And while they've added in very little to that besides online, they have added training mode into four of the games. Uh, Third Strike being one of them. And the training modes are as robust as Street Fighter training modes typically are. Mm -hmm. um, which is nice. Everybody out there who plays Third Strike on this collection, like, you can record the Justin Wong Chun Li combo and have the dummy play that back over and over again so you can try to do the Daigo parry. It's very fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to, I, I, do you remember how many. How many uh, how many parries that was? I don't know. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot with like perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shanae, what have you been up to? Uh, I have been uh, reading a lot still. Uh, I I've mentioned to both uh, both of you, I think, that yeah. I've been reading a new book series uh, and enjoying that. But with the new Kingdom Hearts trailers coming out, I've gotten back to Birth by Sleep. I really want to play the new God of War game, like, really, really badly, so I keep thinking that maybe I will stop playing after Break My Sleep, like, take a break, play God of War game, get back to it, but honestly, I don't know if I will finish the series if I pick up God of War before, like, 3 comes out. Absolutely you will. Yeah. It I got don't... pushed back till next year. I know. And also, I feel like... And it'll probably get pushed back again. Yeah. That game's never coming out. Statistically, it's more likely to get pushed back again. Yeah. Y'all don't have to say such hurtful things to me. I can just leave. I'm just saying you have time. Well, I just also, like, I feel like you've played just, so much Kingdom Hearts lately that maybe it's time for a little bit of a palate cleanser. I just, sure. like, I don't know, though. I just, like, I know myself, and, like, you've mentioned before, when I get into something, I really get into it. Yeah. So, like, when I get out of it, it's hard to get back into it because I was at such, like, a high level. I don't see you having a problem getting back into Kingdom Hearts. Okay. <laughs> I have replayed the series, uh, like, at least one and two, quite often. I don't know. Uh, you like anime a whole lot, and Kingdom Hearts is an anime-ass game, and I think that you'll have just a, I think you'll slide right into well, it. Well, I just, like... Because after I finish Birth by Sleep, the only thing that's going to take me a while is going to be Dream Drop Distance. Which I've already played, but I want to play again. So I'm just like, it's kind of like I... Just crit path, man. Go as fast as you can. Are you are you trying, like... Cause I want to make sure that I get all of the lore down. Are you doing that? 100% before 3. Yes. Okay. Because I, I don't know how much lore the, the oh, side stuff has. It's like, it's... They're, they're all pretty lore heavy after one. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know how your brain contains all that stuff. 
Uh, it's because I don't learn anything useful, and I just know a lot about the Green Lantern universe and right. Kingdom Hearts, sure. and that's about it. Okay. Cool. Um, I think you should take a break from Kingdom Hearts for a little bit, though. I don't know. For your own health and sanity. <laughs> I think Maybe. That it's time for a little less Kingdom Hearts. I, s I do really want to play God of War, like, really bad. I think you should... I, I think that they, your excitement for Kingdom Hearts 3 is such that you will play. You can play through God of War, and then probably immediately get back into Kingdom Hearts and be fine. I think you'll. I think you will have no problem getting summing up, summoning up the motivation to get back into Kingdom Hearts. I'll just keep watching the trailers, and it'll make me want to get back to it. Yeah, um, but that game is never coming out. So shut up. Okay. okay so what I want to do is a little different. I want us to each have a topic, uh, something that got us thinking, dealing with video games. Okay. So, recently I watched, uh, Capcom on their YouTube put out a few different documentaries on uh, Street Fighter, uh, the history of Street Fighter. And one of the parts is talking about the next generation of Street Fighter players, the younger generation of Street Fighter players, um, and how they are excelling very quickly past veteran players. So they're very good at winning. Uh, but also talking about how bad they are at losing. And I started watching a couple of different interviews, not in this documentary, with other people talking about this and the whole consensus is is that people our age uh, and even your age today as well a little bit uh, when we were younger playing fighting games or competitive games in general we weren't playing online we were either playing next to each other at home uh, or mm -hmm. with strangers in an arcade yeah so if you lost you got an audience you know uh, and because of that, they're saying that the older generation is better about losing, not fucking freaking out online over headsets, things of that nature. I think it has a lot to do with maturity as well. Sure, but I mean, we... When we were playing these games, we had no choice, right? Like, yeah, Ryan and I are five years old playing the game Street Fighter at home. Yeah, we could get pissed at each other or whatever, right? But, like, as an adult, young adult or not, uh, playing in an arcade where there's a crowd of people watching you... And the person you're playing with is probably somebody you've never met before anyway. I've seen a lot of people get pissy and just walk away. Not saying it doesn't happen. Uh, what I am saying is that, and what all of these people are saying, is that because of that, people that did grow up in that time have become better about losing than the younger generation has. Just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Okay, so I think honestly that it has a lot to do with uh, what what you were saying before is that I think that coming up in our generation, we're just more conditioned for that, right? And like we're conditioned for playing video games in an environment where it would the social contract dictates that we don't lose our shit in that way, right? Um, you know, we're talking about like being in an arcade, right? You know, and even in public, uh, they specifically brought up. Uh can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. Anyway, he was slotted to win uh, Capcom Cup. He No, he was slotted to win Evo. He loses Evo. He won Capcom Cup. Right. At Evo, he loses and he's crying. Right. 
like in front of thousands of people on ESPN, you know. Right, and that's that's very that's indicative of someone who most of the time when they've lost, they've lost in the privacy of their own home. Sure, and granted, like that is. You know, I don't that's know. a lot of money gone. That's a lot of fame Honestly, gone. I don't know about but... like, crying because of that. Like, if we're just well, doing, if that... we're just doing one example of one person, that person could like be like he could have like dedicated. I mean, obviously he dedicated a lot of time and an effort sure. into that, and losing all of that money and like. Honestly, something you have pride about. And but, like, so does Justin Wong, right? And he loses to Daigo Mihara in one of, like, the biggest video game moments ever, and he shakes the guy's hand. You know? But I don't necessarily... The thing that indicates necessarily age as far as, like, or, like, is just, like, the type of person they are. Well, I think that what Tom... Unfortunately, like, one example to one example. Right. I need, like, more... Well, I need more of, like, a... What Tom has given you is... What Tom, granted, what Tom has given you is kind of an extreme example, but... That is an extreme example, but, like, even just but playing casually, was... not professionals, online, right? Uh, granted, it's hard to say what age a lot of these people are, because most of them are strangers to me, but you, you do notice it, and I didn't notice it last generation, right? Playing Street Fighter Four last generation versus playing Street Fighter Five this generation, you see a lot of people not doing the three fights. If they lose the first fight, they bounce because it's affecting their ranking, you know? Whereas, like, it is customary in the FGC, all fighting games for that matter, uh, to give them three fights, you know? Um, but like, and that's being bad at losing. That's being a bad loser, you know? But you also don't know what age those people that are backing out of the first fight Absolutely. are. Absolutely. And, I don't know, my, obviously... But my, when it happens more now than it used to, I can assume it's younger players. Because I, I think that... I think that it's... It, I think it kind of depends a lot on when you came into video games, um, specifically competitive video games, where we talked about, you know, when we were playing Street Fighter in the arcade, and that was back when, unless you're talking specifically about a competitive circuit, ranking wasn't a thing. Right. Uh, and so, if, it, like... It, I mean, I guess you could, if you really care about having your score on the arcade cabinet, but if but time Street at, Fighter 2 was out, people didn't really give a shit. But at the, at the same time, so, you know, you lose at Street Fighter 2, uh, worst case scenario, you're out, you're out a couple of t a quarters, right? Uh... And there's there's no ten there's there's nothing indicative of that beyond that. Uh, whereas now uh, people now that we now that we exist a largely in uh, a largely a largely connected social infrastructure, especially now that games are more socialized. Uh, if you're coming into video games later on, then that stuff is more meaningful to you. Uh, personally, you know, when I when I play online games, like when I'm like like I said, you know, at the, at the top of the show, um, outside of uh, Onrush, I didn't really play online games competitive like that much, unless we're talking about first person shooters. Now, first person shooters, especially like modern ones like Battlefield and Call of Duty and everything like that, they all have ranking systems in them. Yeah. Um, and like the in like a lot of one of the things with first person shooters, the one thing that people track is your kill death ratio. Um, you know, I'm. I don't care about the kill death ratio, whereas somebody who was conditioned and brought up in, in the environment where that had always existed, um, they're probably more apt to care about. It. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people of Tom and I's generation Absolutely that, that don't care about that because there certainly are. But I think that when you are, I think you mean that do care about that, right? Right, like I think it has. I don't think it has as much to do with age as it does to do with you know how you've been conditioned to handle. 
a specific kind of adversity. Um, and but, like, older people would have been conditioned that way. Yeah, and I guess... In general. Right. Not and, and everybody, I think that, I think that there, you know, there, there are a lot of things that we, that we have to consider that we can't really account for, uh, mostly because these are things that we can't know. They're notable things. Like, we can't know their age. We can't know how they were brought up. We can't know what their, what their social and specifically their video game background is. We can't know that. But there are things that we can't assume, and there are environmental factors like what kind of games they started with. Um, and I think mm -hmm. that if I think that if you're if you start if your if your Street Fighter career started back you know 25 years ago, uh, then you've had a lot more practice with losing. You've had a lot more sure. practice with losing. Because don't get me wrong, like Evo was a huge stage, right? That is watched the world over, but at the same time. I don't know if I was talking about that guy. Well, I'm but, talking about people I've played against. But, but, you know? but at the same time, uh, the arcade was a stage of sorts too, and if you, and especially if you were a player of some notoriety, uh, even locally, there were people who were going to gather around that cabinet to watch you play, and losing in front of anybody, it comes with a specific emotional connotation, uh, and if you if you come up in that environment where that was commonplace, then you. Then you're gonna be you're gonna be better at handling it. Whereas if you if you're a lot of your competitive like gaming took place online where you can lose like outside of the eyesight of other people, then losing in front of even ten or twenty people is gonna hit you a lot harder. Sinead, you look like you have something you want to say. I just I disagree with both of you. I disagree with both of you very much. That's so. okay. That's why we're having this discussion. I, I want to know what you think. I have very vivid memories, like very, uh, of being younger in the arcade and playing Tekken predominantly whenever there was a Tekken machine sure. at like any arcade or movie theater or places I went. Specifically, I have a very vivid memory of being with my brother mm -hmm. and him watching me play uh, because he knew that me and my father, which I've mentioned multiple times, would play a lot. And being good at it at the arcade and having men while I was like in my preteen years or younger, like... And like men that were probably between, I'm gonna say young men and like a little bit older, not being as good as me, and like beating them and them being very upset about it. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, and I, but like anecdotally, yes, like in my experience, it, like I just don't think that like I think the type of person you are and how you are raised is how you can handle rejection or defeat. I don't think that necessarily it has to do with any sort of age group. But you don't think that like just the technology changing and how people have come up with games could have an effect on that? I honestly just think that it... I honestly don't think that necessarily it does. I don't think it necessarily does. Like, obviously there's <clears throat> cases where it does not, for sure. There are young people that are very graceful losers, I guarantee it. I'm not and saying I, everybody. No, I'm saying that even, like, making grand, generalized statements, yeah. I don't think in a generalization you can say, like, the older group is better. Like, not... So just saying... Generalization even being just like say minimum sixty percent, mm -hmm. minimum sixty percent of like older generation and like generalizing like younger generation. I don't think you can say that like the younger generation are worse losers. Okay. Okay. I think that like because of technology. Techno I'd like you to watch some of these interviews. I think because of technological advances on every age spectrum, maybe what you want to put effort into and have pride in or have as a hobby has affected people of all ages of how they want to view their like time spent 
whether it be like if I'm gonna put money like not money money and time into this, I want to have high KDR. I want to have a uh, better like round per matches because I want to feel proud about this thing that I'm putting time and money into when I have so many other options. Mm -hmm. I think that regardless of your age. Like that can still like be a factor. And we are talking about just normal players as well, not yes. Just I'm talking about people going to fucking Evo. And no, shit. I'm talking about Evo. I'm talking yeah. about like normal players. I'm talking about like uh, because because y'all are in your early 30s. Me and Berto are in our late 20s. Like I'm talking about people we know and like also who we both played against online. I'm talking about like going to with like going and hanging out with Berto while I went to like NBC three tournaments in San Antonio. And like people, people I saw of all different age groups and seeing how they lose like in a face to face and what I've met online, I don't really think that age is indicative of how they're going to like when I see somebody like like back out immediately, yeah. I don't assume their age. Okay. It has any factor into that. Well, like I said, like I think it has less to do with age than how you came into video games and other factors that are unknowable, like how you were brought up and. I agree. And what other things you like, now on the same. T on I think the timing of yeah. these technologies advancing and of the, the community advancing the way it has, that is what makes for the younger demographic being this way. Now, like now, I think that technology and I think the technological advances do play a factor in how people are perceiving these games and what they want out of them. But I don't think that age is a factor in it. Now, what now on the same token, like I'm I'm hearing you say that. You don't think that it's fair to generalize that everybody in this age group is going to react that way, which is fair. I'm saying but minimum sixty percent. But at the same time, the the basis of that argument was your experience going to uh, going to the arcade and playing Tekken, and what I think is firstly what you're describing is, I think that as a Tekken player at that age, you were probably a bit of an anomaly. Uh, so that is. The sample well, think, si the, well, hold on. The sample size for that wouldn't be large enough to kind of counter argue that. And then you also have to consider the 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 fact that I don't know how much older these these men were than you, but there's a there's a, a societal effect to to take into consideration too. One, that's true. One, you know, by and large, and this is just, and I feel like this is a fact. Men don't like losing to girls. Uh, and, Especially not to little girls. <laughs> and, and men also don't like losing to people who are considerably younger than them. Especially like uh, um, um, like back when you were playing arcade, uh, Tekken in the arcade, uh, I'm sure that grown men probably didn't like losing to a little girl in, in the arcade. And so <laughs> I feel like that probably had something to do. I'm not saying that... But it's different than an adult versus an adult. Right. So I'm saying, like, like, so that is... Like I said, like you were probably a bit of an anomaly in that in that regard, and also there was there's, it's a bit skewed in that way too, and I think that also, I'm not saying and again, again and and I want to say that I'm not saying at all that whatever the reaction was, like based on what I'm assuming their reaction was based on what you've said, I'm not I'm I don't think at all that their reaction was justified, but there's definitely. A cause and effect, like not a cause and effect, but like an explanation for that. Yeah, no, and as I said, that's just anecdotally. But like, but and I and other other experience obviously is still anecdotally. But I'm talking about like even just like not even playing in the MDC tournaments, which also normally Street Fighter tournaments as well, going at the same time in the same place. Uh, the ones that I went to, anyways. But I'm talking about watching other people play online myself, where they don't know my gender and stuff like that. I just I still don't think that age necess that 
age has a correlation really with being a sore loser, but I do think that technological advances does have a lot to do with it. I think I, I and again, I, I, I agree with the, with the point that you're making about age. Um, and I think that technological advances, especially the anonymity afforded to people by the internet, has made it so that we don't, that we don't lose gracefully, right? And, um, and I say we like as like in a, a collective sense as far as the video game community is concerned. Um, the online shooter communities are, you know, notoriously awful. <laughs> uh, so, um, and I think that has a lot to do with where we are technologically and the ways that the ways with which we can reach out to each other like post-match mid-match or whatever and uh, we get an outcome that we don't like then it is very easy for us to, to like to reach out to whomever we feel is responsible for that and say some awful things to them as a result of being a sore loser and i i think that but i also think that i also think about the fact that about i think about my age uh, I think about how old I am, and I think about how old Tom is, and even I think about how old you are, right? Now, we take one of us going online and uh, playing any game. Like, pick a game that you like and play it online and losing at it, right? What are you likely to do? You're probably going to just move on to the next match, right? Like, that sucks that I lost, but I'm going to I'm going to get mad about it. I'm like, why? Like, I'm going to think about what I did. Okay. I'm going to ruminate on it for a second. Okay, so... <laughs> As you should. But do you think that you're going to have a very raw, visceral, emotional reaction to it? Well, what I, I mean, I think Sinead's a special case. Sure. <laughs> Wait, We've heard all about your being banned from Warcraft and all that. Uh... Yeah, I was... But I will say that... <sighs> so the point... Wrap it up, guys. Wrap it up. So wrap it up. Yeah. All right. I I think maturity does have a lot to do with it. There are people that I've met younger than me that are I I feel are more mature than I am, and I've definitely felt met people older than me that I feel like are less mature than I am. And yes, when I got banned from WoW, World of Warcraft, I, would, I feel like I was less mature than I am now. I don't think necessarily like age mm. is indicative of that, but I think like how you're raised and your life experiences are that. But I already like I said. I don't think age is indicative of being a sore loser. I think technology advances and how you are around that does. Okay, let us know what you think. Ryan, mm -hmm. much like I did, give us something. Give us some sort of topic that you think we could put some, uh, some interesting opinions on. I can't account for how interesting or interesting your opinions might be uh, based on this, but... It is something that I think about a lot, uh, especially something that I think about now lately. Um, so w like, I talked, to, you know, talked before about how uh, Onrush subverted my expectations and uh, and and kind of undermined what I think an, a driving game could be in, uh, in a lot of ways, and and it reminds me of it reminds me of you know. What we can what we can do in like these different spaces, or video, uh, video games are concerned. Um, it was really easy for me previously to believe that every like arcade racing, like everything that every interesting thing you can do with arcade racing had been done. That's what I thought uh, because I just 
I didn't like because I didn't put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. Um, and when it when it's a genre that you don't spend a lot of time with, it's easy for you to make a surface assessment of it and be like, well, everything that you could do with that is is, is there, <laughs> right? All right. Um, and I'm making a lot of assumptions here. That's kind of just how my mind works. Sure. Um, but it's really cool to. It was. It had always been really cool to uh, see genres that I have an interest in, though. Um, come out with something new and fresh because what I was expecting when we when you first showed me Onrush was Motorstorm. I was expecting another Motorstorm. So was I. Which is cool. I was still excited for that. It's Motor just another Motorstorm. Yeah, I was like, that's great. <laughs> right? um, yep. you know, it's great. Like I, I would gladly pay another yep. Motorstorm. Yep. You know, uh, and that's when uh, in in the lead up to Onrush. But that, when it wasn't that. Yeah. When the lead up to Onrush, that's that's what I was expecting. Yeah. Right. Until like until maybe a week before mm. uh, I learned more about it, and then I was like. You know, this actually sounds. That's different. I don't know if I'm. I found more excited about it, but you know, putting actually having hands on it though uh, made it so that I, the prospect of going back to that game is more exciting. I think. Dude, when we first realized what the gameplay was going to be, I was worried. Yeah. I was like, "This can be Motorstorm. Don't fuck this up." Yeah. I'll be back. So glad it was something else. Um. And it could have very, it very easily could have been right. Yeah. Uh, Codemasters could have it very easily have said, you know what? Do that again. Just do that again, because yeah. that's that's what you're good at. Yeah. Do that again, because we know you can make that. Um, and I make again, I'm making assumptions about, you know, how much, like how much that decision had to do with just Evo by themselves mm -hmm. versus what was being dictated by Codemasters proper. Um, Sounds but, like Codemasters said, "Do what you want." Right, yeah. and that's what I, and and that's what I've been thinking about. Right, is that how when we're coming into like the new generation of video uh, of consoles and coming into like more powerful hardware and you know being able to make games look better, um, and I've said before, you know, that's that's not what I want. What I want is more interesting games. I don't need better looking games. I think. Games could look better, but I don't need them to look better at this point. I need them to be more interesting. Mm. And what I think about is uh, publishers giving those developers more creative freedom to think of to do things that uh, that we hadn't considered. Yeah. Um, because that that was something that I had never considered before. And I we had a I had a conversation a recent fairly recently with a community member, uh, Corey, uh, about. What battle royale could be, mm -hmm. um, because the argument that he was making was, you know, we have three big ones and they've all they're all doing sure. pretty well. Right, right, uh, right. And I just think that you know, but what if? But there are so many things that that can be done. Um, and I just think about like where I want my favorite genres to go, like where I what kind of what kind of frontiers I want them to to. To like see, yeah. you know, within like the next ten years. Yeah. Um, I feel like you know you being a huge fighting game fan, I I feel like there are, there are things that can be done with fighting games that you hadn't considered. Absolutely. Um, and I guess I wanted to know like like how often do you feel like are you playing a fighting game, and you think to yourself like, you know, you know this game could use a little bit of something else like. 
what if there was another layer on top of on top of what I'm playing now? Is there another mechanic that I could do? Or maybe you thought maybe you were playing a game and you thought of a mechanic that that you could add to it that would yeah. enhance it. Not frequently. Uh, like specifically with fighting games, not frequently. Yeah. With other genres, sure. With fighting games, I feel like from one game to the next, even if they're in the same series, from a surface level, yeah, they kind of all look the same. But but they are very different. As a fan, they're different enough to make them interesting. They're extremely different. Right. You know, and I think a lot of people that don't play a lot of fighting games don't realize that. They see two dudes and two health meters, and they're like, "This is the same as that game, same as that game." Yeah, <laughs> way fucking different. Right. Even in the same series, right? Even even in like. Every Street Fighter 2 game, which there are many, is significantly right. different from each other, right. you know. People don't get that. They, there's a whole joke about Super Turbo Ultra Championship Edition, you know. Right. Um, developers make that joke, right? We saw it with Guacamelee. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, those aren't the same games, you know. Yeah. Uh, with fighting games, I don't see it. With other genres, uh, racing games was one of them up until recently. Yeah. And I'm not even just talking about Onrush. There are other games that are doing new things in the racing genre that I think are very interesting. Um, shooters. I'd like to see more interesting shooters come out. Have you thought of like any ideas of how to make a shooter more interesting? Like Splatoon? Well, that's what I was about to bring up is Splatoon. Like, that is the only thing that has happened in a long time that I was like, wow, this is really different. Yeah, and I think, I think Splatoon like really broke away from convention in right. like, a lot of different ways, right? Whereas, you know, every basically every shooter, you know, kind of uh, well, not every shooter, but a lot of shooters kind of boil down to the same thing, right? Like, even if you put, like, different, like, uh, like traversal methods or whatever, like, like Titanfall and Call of Duty, like, they play different, right? But a lot of the objectives are the same. And, right. And the method by which you accomplish... Made by a lot of the same people. Right, and the method by which you accomplish those objectives is pretty similar. Right. right? Uh, but you throw Splatoon in there, and it's like, hey, well, hold on, the objective isn't to kill other players, like, you certainly can't do that. Yeah, it's extremely helpful if you do. Right. But you can be a great Splatoon player without killing anybody. That you could be a great know. Splatoon player and have, like, a really bad KD ratio. Right. Um, and so that's that's one of the ways that it, like, kind of turns the, the, the genre on its head a bit. Yeah. Um, any other kind of games, though? Uh, old school JRPGs have been making like somewhat of a comeback, right? Yeah. Like Pure Solar, I Am Setsuna, stuff like that, yeah. Bravely Default. Uh, mm -hmm. But like that genre is so fucking old at this point. I'm talking yeah. specifically turn-based right. JRPGs like Final Fantasy fucking one, right. right? That genre is so old <clears throat> and we haven't seen new takes on it, like really creative new takes on it in a long time. Like Child of Light, which is not Japanese, but I would say it's a JRPG. It's a Canadian JRPG. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's the whole timing mechanic, right? But like, we got that with Super Mario RPG. Right. That's not a new mechanic, right? right? Uh, yeah, there needs to be, like, I would like to see new stuff with that. Uh, Octopath Traveler looks promising, but like, even that, like, okay, it's a little different, but still, it's not that much right. of a change, you know. Um, <clears throat> it's just that, it's it's funny because, like, I feel like, especially in the JRPGs, and, like, this is, and I don't know if this is, you know, uh, uh, reductive or not, it, it very well could be, I don't mean it to be, 
but it just very much seems like a lot of the time when it comes to spe specifically JRPGs, you have someone who is like kind of married to their favorite franchise mm -hmm. and they don't like when things like when things about it change, there's like, uh, I don't, I don't like that. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like I've always preferred turn-based right. to active, uh, like I want seven remake to be turn-based. It's not going to be, right. but I want it to be. Right. But just because it's turn-based doesn't mean it has to be the same thing right. that it has been for 35 years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to just be prettier Final Fantasy VII. Right. Right. Um, which, you know, it's a funny thing. That's a funny thing, too, is that um, I hear people talk about that game. Mm -hmm. And that's literally what they want. They just want prettier Final Fantasy VII. Like, and I would rather have that than this active battling system that we've got had in 15 and Kingdom Hearts and all right. sorts of other shit, you know? I'd rather have traditional turn-based. Uh, but it doesn't mean it has to be exactly the same, yeah. you know? And yes, I know there's different things, materia, materia system and, you know, different, you know, Octopath Traveler, you've got shit like uh, recruiting townsfolk and stuff like that, but, like, the core do combat. something to really change this shit up, yeah. you know? The core combat is... The last thing that I think insane. really changed it up was was Mario RPG, yeah. which you saw all throughout the Mario and Luigi games and then a few other games, you know, Child of Light, but, like, yeah. that was the last substantial change to that genre I can think of, yeah. you know? What about you, Shanae? What was the question? So... I, I would think I was out of room for it. Uh, basically, thinking about, you know, taking genres that we consume the most of in video games and um, how a lot of them have stuck to very uh, tried and true conventions to, you know, maintain their audience and sell <coughs> copies of new iterations of the game. Um, but also talking about how um, those, how there are different ways that they can innovate on themselves. Like, you know, drawing in the most recent example, of mm -hmm. course, being on Rush in the way that it took the arcade racing genre and made something new and interesting with it. Um, now, are there any genres or games that you or franchises, I guess, proper that that could that you've maybe thought of new mechanics for, or thought of how they could be better um, uh, outside of what they normally do? They make a new exciting Otomi. Yeah. Uh, all of it. I agree to that thing. That's what I thought the question was. Because, um, like, that's where I was <laughs> getting from what Tom was saying. So I definitely agree with the JRPGs, especially old school ones, specifically. Um, th like, there's things that I would do different with, like, Star Ocean and their franchise, even though... Is, has there been any Star Ocean recently? Recently. Like, in the last year or so. Okay, then I obviously haven't played that one. Uh, Integrity one. and Faithlessness, I think? Okay, last I could one, be wrong. Last one, I think, what I played was on the PS3, so... Yeah. Uh, but all the ones that I've played, there's definitely a lot of things I would do different with that one. I like I liked so much about it. People weren't so hot on the newest one. So mm. what would you change about it? Uh, with a lot of stars and stuff, uh, a lot unless like it's uh, a lot of old school JRPGs basically force you to look at a guide to get what you want out of it. Right. Like if you want like a certain ending or a certain something, like you have to look at a guide. It's just like vague, like if you, even if you like are a lore, fe uh, like lore fan, yeah, like you don't necessarily get what they're trying to get at. So you you would streamline it more or make that stuff more apparent. Uh, just if like have it more spelled out if you're gonna read the lore. Okay. 
I think it, that comes from it being such an old genre, like when, from a time where we didn't have guides. Like even like even like a paper bound book guide was rare back then. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, you just gotta play that shit over and over again. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. There's just like when you put like like over a hundred hours into a Star Ocean game and realize yeah. that you're not gonna be able to achieve something because sure. you can do one single side quest. And Star Ocean like, is much longer than Final Fantasy One or Dragon yeah. Warrior. It is. But, yeah. And the, yeah, and like the prospect you, of starting over is absolutely daunting. Yeah. Or like just because you want this one certain ending or this like you have to like do this the side quest. Right. That reading the lore and reading it makes it seem like it's an inconsequential one. So you're like, there's so much stuff to do, I can't do every single side quest. Right. Do so it. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to have to. I don't want it to be labeled a side quest necessarily, and not ha and like and miss out on something because I thought, based on what I've been reading, that mm. it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, I want it to like have something where like I know that it is a part of the lore and like part and something that's important. I want. Uh, there's a lot of like. There's just a lot. Been a lot of JRPGs specifically that like something is important, but it doesn't seem like it. And it may be a localization like, like problem, but it just doesn't seem like it's like when I'm reading it, it doesn't seem like it's important. So I'm like, all right, I'll skip it because it's it's not a localization problem. Uh, I mean, think of more like the indie ones that I've like, yeah. like done English patches for. Yeah. Uh, just mainly like that. Um, and then uh, I don't know. Some roguelikes I think I get too complicated. How's that? Uh, with playing, I've recently. Uh, played a Dark Ascension again, mm -hmm. and compared to when I first played it, I actually found it less fun because there's so much to like focus on. Mm. And I liked it when I like originally played it, and there was uh, I guess it was more streamlined. I don't know. I want everything more streamlined. <laughs> I want it to be what I like, but also streamlined. Yeah. Um, I don't like. I just. I think I'm just like at a point where I'm a little over having to read a guide to get what I want out of the game. Yeah, it's it's funny though because like. I'm sure that there are, you know, thousands of people who are apt to agree with you, and then you have, you have, you'll have the diehard fans of each of the, like you'll have the diehard fans of like Darkest Dungeon, or any other equally obtuse game, and be like, no, if you, look, if you need if you need that stuff spelled out, then you don't really love the game. Like people who are like that. Like I, I mean, that's the reason why me and Berta stopped playing uh, Don't Starve Together. It's like I was, I told you, I had a little booklet that I was like writing things. Yeah. But when I finally started... That game doesn't tell you anything. <laughs> and when I started looking at more and more and more and stuff online and, like, thinking, like realizing how things <coughs> came together, I just yeah. got, like... It was just <coughs> overwhelming, like, that, like, how much I don't get about it. Yeah. And it's just... I don't like that. I don't like that, like, that I... That genre, though, right? Like, the survival genre, it's part of it to not really tell you stuff. Yeah. The fact that, like, Minecraft now gives you an ingredient list on console versions is, like, astonishing to me. Because when that game was in alpha, like that was part of you the, figured part out of the allure, everything. Part of the charm, yeah, right? um, and there's and there was probably and I didn't play it back then. I didn't play it until it came to consoles. But, yeah, um, there had to have been some like a, a level of like a feeling of accomplishment when you like. Oh yeah, you make a torch with like the simplest fucking thing. You were fucking amazed. Yeah. You know? but uh, yeah, I am actually curious now that Tom said it. Like, w have you thought of ways to make better or inter more interesting Otomi? Um, more boys. Mm. Double the boys. Uh, always. The main problem with a lot of Otomis... <laughs> it's like double gum commercials. 
The main problem with the live Atomies is the main character not having a personality. Like the 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 one that you're playing as. Okay. Because who's an avatar? A, it's an avatar, but I read like I like them more as visual novels, like where it's a book, where I don't necessarily have to relate to the person I'm reading. I have like I want to. You'd like, rather I, be a spectator than a participant. <laughs> In some, in some ways, yeah. Like, it depends on, like, how the gameplay kind of goes and how the storyline goes. But, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of times, like, I even in forums, people are wanting to play as an avatar. They wish they had more kind of interesting options where not all every option is basically the same answer reworded. Okay. Where it's like, I would never say any of these things. I would never do any of these things. Like, have... If we're gonna have such distinct personalities between the characters, have more distinct answers. Okay. Um, and also, like other with the Tomies, it is hard to do a lot of like the good, bad, it, or normal ending, which a lot like not every one of them, actually most of them don't. But a lot of the ones that you pay higher dollar for have uh, at least three different endings. Uh, mainly, oh, some a lot. A lot of them have two, but a lot of them have three as well, or more. And it's just like it's it's really annoying to like have to read a guide to get all those <clears throat> so you know what, what I, I think would be awesome <clears throat> this is a super simple thing and maybe it exists i don't not that familiar with the genre polygonal character models would that would that matter instead of just static art uh a lot so you mean like they like uh like actual movement instead of just here's a picture of people talking uh, a lot of the higher price mm. ones have, have that. A lot of them do. Because even like Root Letter, which was like a $60 game, I think it's still a $60 game, it's just static images. Yikes. Should I... Uh... Yeah, I, I can see that. But also, at the same point, like, I don't know, it's kind of... It's like the whole Bioware thing when you're in a conversation in a Bioware game, and it's just like... The two people, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but it's also... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's quite a few of them that have, like, where, like, they move their mouth to, like, in the time to, like, the Japanese ones, so when, yeah, like, yeah. they localize it, like, the mouth doesn't move the same way. Yeah. So, there's a lot of, like, $30 ones that have that, and it's, like... No, I want polygonal character models. I see that improving a lot of stuff for a lot of people. Yeah. But it's also a lot of the options. The main character doesn't have a personality. They are just a blank, like blank page character. Well, I also think like those games have a very low budget. So, like even the more expensive ones have, in the grand scheme of video games. But there's very so many that have like re actually really interesting storylines uh, for all of the men. But then like your options are kind of the same. Yeah. Shinae, uh are you aware of the game uh, Always Sometimes Monsters? No. Okay, so. Um, the thing with, and I, I don't know, and I was wondering how this would, how this could or would translate to Otomi, but uh, it is a game where um, basically anybody could be part of the story. Like any character that you see on screen can be a playable character that is a part of the story. Um, like, for example, um, there is a point at, like the, at, the very, at the very early on in the game, uh, you're at a party, right? And some like someone is talking uh, to you, uh, and they say, uh, "There's like it's basically like a celebration of like a recent success that you had." And they're like, "Hey, uh, your friend, uh, your friend, uh, I don't remember Bob. His, your friend Bob is here. Go get him so we can come take the picture with him." And so you decide who Bob is. 
like of all the of all the people at the party, like you walk up, you walk up to whoever you feel like Bob is, and then they become part of the story. And I was always, I was, and hmm. I, and I thought about like if that could, like, transfer to Otomi in any kind of way. Like if you that would well, be really interesting because then uh, you could have uh, probably stereotypical, like, still have the character and storyline yeah. of like say, um, like a cold silent type. But have their avatar look like whatever you want the cold silent type to look like, even yeah. if it's like a teenage boy, yeah. <laughs> like that's like super cutesy looking. Yeah. But have their personality be like that. That could honestly work with like the script being the same, but the character model changing. I that's it, really interesting. I like that idea. It even got to the point where it's like, like they said, "Hey, uh, uh, I, weren't you here with your significant other? Uh, I'd really like to meet them." And you decide who who in this area is your significant other, man or woman or whatever. And or beast. Or beast. I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, uh, Persona is the highest budget Otomi. <laughs> okay, Shanae, you have one that's kind of what? Well, I have two that I have in my mind. One is like... Uh, well, I got one. One's more opinion-based... Uh, as far as either or, or mm. and one's more opinion based on what you think in a generalization. Which do you want? You pick it. Which you think would entertain us more? I don't think either of them entertain you. Okay. Well, one of them better. <laughs> Which do you think will irritate Tom least? Yeah, give give that to Papa. <laughs> All right, irritate Tom least. Yeah. All right. Um. So I recently watched Second Skin. I don't know what that is. It's a documentary that follows like. Six or seven people that are into MMOs and like addicted to them. Good name. And talks about their like I was EverQuest, it to be a weird anime. EverQuest, WoW, and like and Second Life. Okay. I think is what. No is. Guild Wars. <laughs> and Guild Wars, Guild Wars as well is in there. Figured it would be. Uh, <clears throat> I think it is. I may be wrong. It probably is. It's the uh, second highest one right now. I think. Well, it's not. It came out in two thousand eight. It is still the second best. Yeah. Besides the point. But yeah, anyways. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, in there, in one of them, and the reason I even got turned on to it is because uh, another podcast I listened to called Goosebuds, they were talking at the beginning of it. Is that about uh, Goosebumps? Yes. Okay. Uh, I've heard about it on the show before. Anyways, but the guy was watching, uh, they were watching it, and the guy's like, oh, hey, that's like my hometown. Like, this is like what it's like. And you go into the house, and it's very middle middle America, like, at, like, like early mid two thousands, like what middle America would look like. All the houses had like wood paneling in like one room or like multiple rooms. Everyone's like mid two thousands houses had a bunch of wood paneling. What well, middle class America? <laughs> okay. I live in suburbs like most of my life. Yeah. All right. What? It's a, it's a, it's let's go on. Keep in middle America, you you never lived. We're I getting, lived in Illinois. We're getting caught up in the wrong thing. Midwest, here. Midwest middle middle income America. How about that? We're getting caught up in the wrong thing here. Anyways, <laughs> like, but like, but they're um, they're they're bringing up like how, uh, like and when they went into like the homes, like nobody cleaned up in any of the room. But mm. also one of the things I pointed out was all of their computers were like, not on a desk, like game setup. <clears throat> it is. Nor is mine. <clears throat> it is like on a kitchen table. Mine's on my dining or, table. Or or like on a kitchen counter. <laughs> Or just like on a ra random like card table in like a like, corner of the living room, mm -hmm. not like and like you're on a stool and like you don't have like lumber support and stuff like that. Right. And <clears throat> a lot of it, uh, there's computers like a California, <laughs> Texas, and like Midwest, okay. but I'm specifically in the Midwest. Okay. If there's something about gaming addiction in San Antonio, 
what do you think the houses would look like? Well... <laughs> what do you think it would be like as far as game addiction in... Or you can even generalize, we can generalize it more. What do you think about like a gaming addiction in 2018 rather than 2008? What would that look like when it went to the houses? Like, what do you think that people would be like? The funny thing is, I think that now in 2018 versus 2008, I think it's like, especially if we're talking about enabling gaming addiction, I think that we've got a lot of things that have made it less necessary to leave your house at a given time. Um, you could have everything like McDonald's like everything brought to you I regularly have McDonald's brought to me because I don't feel like wearing pants and not because I'm addicted to a video game <laughs> I'm addicted to my sofa uh, <laughs> and cinnamon I'm not a no <laughs> so what I'm saying is that like if if uh, if 10 years ago I am less apt to leave my house because I am so in, entrenched in this game and by virtue of uh, self-preservation I leave my house to uh, go to the closest shop to buy whatever, um, to, to like sustain myself, then like the, I have that one saving grace. Whereas now I've got, I've got Uber Eats. I've got like, what else? Like, uh, what's the one that delivers the groceries to you? Shipped. Shipped. I've got that. A, oh yeah. There's a bunch of them. Right. So like I can have everything I need delivered to me and you know, there's less. Isn't that a good thing though? Yeah, of course it's a good thing. I don't think that's bad. I think it's a great thing. I use Uber Eats all the time. Uh, well, I guess like, like, uh, like the South Park, like how they have the World of Warcraft episode and like the guys like, like, and like doesn't like, like has like a really shitty desk and like, and looks tragic. Do you think that's, that stereotype necessarily still holds? What do you think like would be like now? Well, I don't think that stereotype was actually ever really true. Um, I think that, I think that the, the way that, I think that those characters in that episode were very much like there are don't get me wrong I do I know that there are people who suffer from game addiction and and specifically with addiction to a specific MMO that they might play I get that but I think that those were extreme examples yeah uh, uh, but you know I don't I don't think that gaming addiction to be honest I don't know that it would look that much different now than it did 10 years ago I, I think that but I think better now because of those conveniences because Let's say before shipped, before Uber Eats, before things like that, a lot of those people would just not get the products that they need. They just wouldn't eat, right? You know, maybe you're not getting toilet paper, maybe you're not getting food. Right. At least now you're getting it. Yeah. Maybe not in the healthiest way, but at least you're getting it. Yeah. Uh, you know? I remember about 10 years ago. Uh, and with things like Discord now, we're being more social, right? right? Yeah, people were playing up with Skype back then, but like not to the extent that we do I now. I think I think Discord is is like I mean we we had we had Ventrilo and Teamspeak and stuff right. and all that, but it's I think been aim right. It's right. been around forever. But I think but, that I think that Discord is is better and well specifically in reference to this because I think Discord Discord is specifically marketed at gamers, and you it, still see like quick chat, but not right. um, you don't see it used anywhere near as much as you used to. But I think that people like are they are into the idea of getting into a discord and even if and even if it's talking about a specific thing they're still socializing with other people and they're they're talking about a specific game right and they're forming relationships that way which i think is probably one of the it's one of the appeals in it most it's uh two splatoon discords yeah i yeah. quit one i was in three splatoon discords tom <laughs> made a lot of uh squid friends so 
But I think that, you know, one of the things that is, one of the things that people worry about with people who suffer from gaming addiction is their, uh, their separation from society at large and their separation from, uh, from human contact in general, um, outside of the realm of this, <laughs> outside of the realm of, of, uh, outside of the world of Warcraft, right? Um, I think, uh, one of the, <clears throat> in the second skin thing, there's like four of the guys who live in the same place. Gross. Look, I, I do want to make it clear, like, if you have that problem, take care of yourself. Oh. But I do think that at least there are things to make it a little bit better. I'm not saying it's good now, Yeah. you know, but it is, I do but think, yeah. if anything, it's improved. I mean, addiction is addiction, right? Yeah. Um, and and I, I, you know, there are people who would say that, addic that gaming addiction isn't a thing, but I, I honestly believe that you can be addicted to anything. Um, and I'm addicted to not going to work. Sure. You're, you're addicted to Red Bulls, not going to work, mm -hmm. and, um... Cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see. Two of those things... Well, actually, all those things are really cool. Sure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I, I just, you know, the... Like, to Tom's point, you know, the, the modern conveniences that we have, uh, a decade removed from, you know, when those games were really at their peak, I think that, um... I think that they have... They at least serve to keep the help keep these people uh, keep themselves alive because it you know you don't go to and be at least a little social right and you don't think about like fantasy star online yeah. nobody was talking to anybody yeah. you know not really um and i and uh, granted that they're of course not a solution to the larger problem but uh i i think that they kind of alleviate the symptoms of that disease though um and and really i they call it Robinson's disease. Mm -hmm. After Ryan the Rat Robinson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and don't get me wrong, there have been times where I, you know, especially early on when I first discovered MMOs, which was almost 20 years 40, ago. 20 years 20. ago now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there was a time where, like, when I first discovered them, when they were, when they were new to me, when, uh, when I kind of I retracted from my social life a little bit because I was so fixated on those things. Um, but I, I, I just, I think that it would, it would be just as easy for someone to discover MMOs now and just fall into that same, fall into that same thing. Yeah, because my experience uh, when I was like very much playing WoW. I mean, I'll just say this: I'm not addicted to any game, and my house still looks like garbage. So. I was like, I live with four dudes and in a two-bedroom apartment, and we like all play WoW all the fucking time. And that place was clean because one of them didn't have a job, and that's why he paid repaid us is keeping the apartment clean. No, I'd still kick it out. <clears throat> but like, <laughs> but um, you couldn't have been that hooked on WoW, because like if you were that hooked, then when you got banned, you would have went fucking nuts. Oh no, I got real mad. Look, but describe, I also, but I also instantly rebought it and yeah. made a new account. Describe, yeah. describe to us the immediate reaction to that first band. Uh, it was a lot of uh, act it out. Yeah. Uh, no, this is gonna be a lot of cussing. We don't swear on the show. It was just like it was just. I can't get that mad right now. <laughs> I can't get that mad. But, like, did you throw things? Did you? Oh, I s pushed my fucking mouse back, like, because it was my first band ever. I was living with my parents still, and it just like 
throwing the fucking mouse, yelling, screaming, waking my mom up, having oh, what our- time, What time was it? Was uh, it like late at night? It was late at night. Like, was it after midnight? It was after midnight. It <laughs> was just like- You're a bad the, kid. Yeah, throwing the mouse, yelling, screaming, yeah, just like, just my mom, waking my mom up, having her yell at me to calm down, <laughs> and my dad having work, yeah. and me yelling at her- I just sold your computer. <laughs> it was the family computer. It was the family computer. <laughs> we had the one computer in the entire household. Shanae, you are by no credit of your own one of the most interesting people I've ever <laughs> I just sent your ass to summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> no, my parents didn't want to pay for that. Yeah. They don't want to pay for a new fucking computer and mouse either. Okay, Shanae. wrecked. So I was I was I was on I was online a few uh, like maybe three days ago and I I saw somebody like post online like some like their local news station had posted like is your child addicted to Fortnite give us a call uh, oh I saw that bullshit yeah yeah I don't know I just like I feel like though uh, with their expert because I remember going to a lot of households growing up and not seeing like a computer like not on a desk. Not on a desk, like not anywhere. That's like. Who's not like, to do with anything? Well, I'm saying like as far as gaming addiction now, I feel like people are like make it more comfortable. What do you mean? Because DX research chairs are popular now. Like. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like people are more aware of lumbar support. Sure, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Hold on, Shanae. Lumbar. Yeah, by stop the way. saying lumber. Support. <laughs> We're not supporting trees. <laughs> I support trees. You said it. I was. I let the first yeah, one me go too. because. Me too. I was just... Yeah. Are you? You are in rare form, Shanae. You, you are. I like this. I like this side of you. Um, are you addicted to Kingdom Hearts? No. I feel like it couldn't be. I, I'm addicted to probably the book series I'm reading because I read that way too much and it keeps me up now. Uh, that's called the New Testament, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all about that. All about that, Jesus. Sure. Shanae, if, if you knew somebody who you suspected to be suffering from video game addiction... I'd call Maury. Okay. Maury doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> Maury only does Are You the Father. <laughs> only? Seems like it. That's all I ever see. <laughs> well, like, what would you... How would you try to intervene? Um... Just be the supportive and try to be their friend. And once like they, I'd buy them more games. <laughs> I was about to say that when she said be supportive, I was like, you just play the game with them, and then yeah. you get sucked in. Now there's two. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say that's not a possibility because oh, it totally is. <laughs> it totally is. I'm not gonna say you're wrong because I could totally see that happening. But um, but actually, yeah, it's probably just any other addiction. Just be supportive. I like no one's gonna change unless they want to change right. um and i don't know try and help them with re resources i can find all right guys let us know what you think about all three of our topics in the comments below smash that bell and uh, <laughs> hit that subscribe yeah, button yeah. and uh go get you some lumber support <laughs> oh. bye bye <laughs>